0: board the battleship Pretension, I am Tyler Smith. I'm David back and thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm uh, tanned, rested, and ready. That's right after my week off.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. A special thank you to uh, Ben Samson, who is who has his PhD, which means I can call him technically Doc Samson, but he does not prefer that. Doc Sampson is a character from the Incredible Hulk. But anyway, okay. Um, So, uh, he doesn't go by doctor. Oh boy. No, he does not. He, uh, hates the idea of it. That's Uh, crazy. It's a doctorate in film,
1: but it still takes a long time. I guess I just think about, (laughs) I think about Dr. Evil saying I didn't go to evil medical school for seven years to be called Mr. Yeah. Uh, and I just assume that applies to all doctors, evil or otherwise, the two types of doctors, evil and non-evil. Both right, like yes. to be called doctor.
0: Yeah, I think prob- that's probably the case for most. But I do think that there's a certain degree of, uh, well, I guess pretension uh, if you are a uh, a, f- a film doctor. I don't think so. Name's Ben did. Sampson, the film doctor. Yeah. <laughs> if you went by that, okay, I think that's fine. Uh, but
1: but no, uh, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks to him and thanks to you for covering for me my week off. I'll, oh, I'll okay. have you know, I performed my my duties as a groomsman Mm -hmm. and my my brother Kevin was successfully wed okay so all systems go I did a good job of standing there and then eventually hooking elbows with a woman I don't know and walking down the aisle because right. she was the opposing bridesmaid. Opposing? Um, oh, that's
0: how, yeah.
1: Literally, yeah, she I was the opposing so, yeah. bridesmaid.
0: See, I, when, I was a groom- when I've was a when i been a groomsman, I, I like to rally the troops and say, like, we are going to win this thing. Those bridesmaids <laughs> are not going to know what hit them. Um, but
1: seriously, like, groomsmen, there's like, the best man has duties. Sure. Not just at the wedding, like, leading up to the wedding, like... The whole idea of the like party, like the groomsmen and the bridesmaids, is like what? What do they do? Like, what is it for? It's symbolic. Uh, Yeah, I I feel like I was in some pictures, and then I did the thing where I stood there. I just basically just watched the wedding, standing and off to
0: the side, as opposed to sitting and looking at it head on. As time has gone on, I've come to realize that oh, the wedding party. What's what's neat about that is the bigger the wedding party is, the more likely it is that someone somewhere is going to screw something up. Uh, whereas like, you know, your wedding party, I got to say just right.
1: <laughs> yeah. We had a best man and a maid yeah, of honor. Damn right. Uh, that was it. Uh, oh, things almost got screwed up. We had a classic like uh, uh movie type situation. One of the groomsmen uh, lives in Austin and he wasn't at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Oh, and I'll tell you why it's because in <laughs> driving up, from austin to st louis he got pulled over in oklahoma where the astute cop realized this person does not have a driver's license and he had to spend the night in jail and he had to have someone he had to have his brother who lives in st louis drive to oklahoma and drive him back on the wedding day to get there in time for the wedding wow
0: And those Austin hipsters. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Get your driver's <laughs> license hipsters. That's the main trying, problem. Trying to run a civilization here. Yeah. Um, I will say that, uh, one of my, one of my favorite, uh, groomsmen stories because it's the epitome of everything that bothers me about weddings. uh, O- often a wedding is great, of course. And I do, I think I cite yours as the best wedding I've been to. Uh, thank you. So, um, great venue as well. But, uh, I I've heard. been to so many just mediocre weddings and I, I'll include mine in that. I was young. Uh, but I was groomsman, for my friend Jameson and while they were uh while we were taking photos he, the photographer did this super standard bullshit thing that I hate where he goes okay here's what we're gonna do like we're at the you see it coming right
1: no I, I'm wondering which
0: of the things I see coming okay days. so uh is it like, all
1: the groomsmen holding the brides the bride
0: uh oh no good god <laughs> thank thank you thankfully no no uh but it did involve all of us and what it was that uh that like <laughs> We're standing at the door to the church and like two of the groomsmen are like pulling him inside oh, and the other two are holding him back. And I was one of the ones holding him back. And I said, if I don't want him to go, why am I in a tux? <laughs> <laughs> this makes no sense at all. <laughs> and uh, bride got mad at me because I, you know, I wasn't going with the flow. Yeah, it, that's uh, a dumb picture, though. It is a dumb picture. I don't get it because I guarantee that the br- that the couple is not using that photo for anything. No, it's just a yeah. big waste of time.
1: Yeah, they should be creative and do the thing where they're all running away from a T Rex. Right.
0: Exa- well, that's I, never been I, done before. <laughs> for uh, for Jen, um, my wife is a wedding photographer. She uh, she had a a bride and groom that were big fans of Transformers. God help us all. And so they that's how they met they t- on on the Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but how they, many marriages have started on Reddit Do you think uh, Probably the exact number as uh, Have ended <laughs> But um, I so had a Lyft driver a while ago Who told me he met his wife on Instagram Instagram I feel like Is maybe more acceptable I don't know How do you meet someone For the first time on Instagram I don't actually know Isn't there a whole movie about that Ingrid Goes West Isn't that Kind of that right, way because she's a stalker But oh, like how well, do you
1: develop Like Well yeah that's Someone how. I don't know Comments on one of my photos on Instagram I'm like what is
0: this fucking weirdo well, I'm not going to become friends with that person. <laughs> well, yeah, but we have, uh, w- though you don't like to use the term, we have fans. So it's probably someone who is a fan of yours. You know, I not ne- like that never occurs
1: to me on the Instagram, because my Instagram is not like
0: Battleship sure. engine at all. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. You're probably you have right. a fairly unique name. Thank you. I try. So um, this, uh, these people were running away from. Oh, so th- so they uh, at the Griffith Observatory uh, they shot, and all of them were like running, and this was their idea. Jen did not want to necessarily do it, uh, but Jen is not the. Uh, it's not a photo editor. I am, and uh-huh. so I, it was my job to uh, to put what's his name Megatron, the bad guy. You're not not what a, I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I defined him like I had to find an image of him like as he's like reaching down and. Uh, I thought it looked really good, and then I've seen other people uh, do the same thing, and theirs look way better than mine. Oh. But uh, but that's all right. This is that this photo has been this groom's, like, header image on Facebook for years now. How about that? So, anyway, sorry. Enough wedding talk.
1: Yeah, we've kept our guest quiet long enough, Indeed. and he's going to be quiet a little bit longer
0: because yeah. uh, we're going to read a couple ads. But this part he's going to be excited about because this, you know, yeah, who comes. couldn't be? This episode is brought to you by MUBI, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand picked selection of the best independent international and classic films. Every day Movie's curators introduce a new title and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy all for only 5.99 a month. Plus when you use their mobile apps you can download films to watch offline. Currently available on Movie are a couple of classic Jean Jean Renoir films, pardon me, Picnic on the Grass and The Crime of Monsieur Long, which I think we saw in school, did we not? don't I did. Even oh, okay. Before. I think I did in my, in my uh, film history class. Uh, films from uh, his, uh, his uh, early career and his late career. Uh, classy yet undeniably human, which I guess is what you could say is true of all of his films. Uh, they uh, showcase the filmmaker at his best. Movie is also in the midst of a series of new Argentine cinema. Uh, After 12, Martin Shanley's uh, debut is a defiantly unsentimental coming of age story that sheds Sheds light on the many complications That await at the gates of adolescence There are several other Argentine films available So tune in and check out this fascinating series And there is also a special offer For listeners of Battleship Pretension You can try Mubi free for a month just go to Mubi.com that's M-U-B-I dot com slash battleship that's how you get the free month slash battleship to redeem now and
1: I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great they sound great Tyler and I both use them each and every day of our lives that are available at a low low price over at tweakedaudio.com uh, but hold on if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so
0: Tyler. Now, of course, people can always go to BattleshipRetention.com and click on the ads to get where they need to go. And we should they say that instead? What was that? We should probably say that. We probably that should instead. say that. Either way, it, it, it gets them where they need to go. But the point is, look, I'm just the, saying this we because get dem, dem clicks. We do get dem clicks. Yes, you're correct. Uh, we do have a new website though, which is very exciting, and yes. hopefully, listeners have uh, and readers have have looked at it and, and are uh, not overly confused. I mean, anytime I, there's a site yeah, that I go nice. to, like the AV club just revamped their site and I still can't figure it out. Here's the thing about the AV club's revamp. Okay.
1: None of the things that I hate about it have to do with the revamp itself. Okay. They changed some shit they didn't need to change. Right. Which is now if I'm scrolling through, you know, they have the categories. This is like yeah. a four hour consideration. This is a random rolls or whatever. Yeah. This is a history of violence, whatever. They have those different categories of columns, I guess. Yeah those aren't readily visible now when you're scrolling through and like I, i'm realizing now on the old site that was like 90% of how i chose to read something was if it belonged to a category that i liked to read yeah. so now i'm sure i'm missing stuff because i don't realize like how do i this is some
0: du- is this some dumb link or is this actually like a yeah. uh, an editorial anyway yeah. we had our like we had our old site for many many years and you know what it wasn't broke so we didn't fix it but uh, we thought uh, there would be a, it wouldn't hurt to jumble things up a little bit but we haven't eliminated anything
1: um, now speaking of many many years yes many many years ago uh, I was uh, uh, fill in, a film producer on um, Pilar Alessandra's show mm-hmm. uh, her podcast on the page um, I've done this from time to time it's been a while um and uh, her guest was Our guest today And we'll get to in a second okay. And uh, I think um, He I think Had you even heard of the podcast Maybe you don't, don't You're not allowed to speak uh, <laughs> and Anyway In any case After it was After it was uh, Over we were like You should be on the show This was years ago <laughs> And I think we had made one attempt and like we couldn't get the scheduling to work out uh and luckily because i still follow the guy on twitter i still would think from time to time like we gotta have him on the show so it's finally happened mm-hmm. probably two recording locations later yeah. uh, it has probably happened and i present to you the listener uh writer director ben meckler hi 11 minutes. Thank you so much. I
2: made it. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot of DVDs on the wall to look at.
1: Yeah. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, how have you been since being on the page?
2: <laughs> uh, great. I've been great. I haven't talked to Pilar in a while. She's great. Sure yeah. Uh, I've been, I've been doing very well. I think, I think around that time I was still at Nerdist. Yeah, yeah I'm, definitely. I'm not currently there. I've been doing a lot more stuff. It's been very exciting. And uh, yeah, it's, I'm glad I finally made it. I was curious, I noticed that the, the email you sent me. For this ar- for this particular recording Is the same chain that we had Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious like how far back it goes Yeah that's funny Because it's not a matter of like months That we've been trying to do this at- Oh, March 5th 2015 Okay <laughs> Oh that's not bad That's only Two and a half years I don't yeah. know That's pretty bad <laughs> yeah. Two and a half years is a pretty long time To not uh, I suppose that's true yes. Come beyond this podcast But uh, I mean I guess it's good You know we've all been busy
1: uh, yeah, we definitely that's have a good. That's a good thing. Will you tell the listeners what you've been busy with? Sure, recently?
2: sure. Uh, well, I, ha- I wrote on a TBS show called Final Space, um, which will be airing sometime early next year. Don't know exactly when yet. Cool. Uh, very cool animated sci-fi comedy show. It was super fun. And since then, I've been developing a few of my own shows with some companies that I'm not allowed to talk about. But hopefully, it will be something people hear about at some point in the future. That's all right, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't really
0: help us here, but whatever, Yeah, I mean, I fine. can't
2: bring the sklu to this, <laughs> to this episode But maybe sometime in the future if things go well. And uh, yeah, I've just been uh, freelancing, writing and directing music videos, commercial shorts, writing TV stuff, and uh, a lot of animation and a feature, and just trying to uh, spread it out and be busy and just tell good stories. Cool. Yeah, you're a man about town. You're really bouncing around. Real, real man about town. Here in the (laughs) city of angels, just being a real Hollywood boy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: a gadfly. Yeah.
2: What does that mean? Is that it's that remake of the fly that Josh Gad is in? (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. Gadfly. No, it was the remake of Superfly that Josh Gad was in. <laughs> wow, that's um,
2: a repulsive sentence. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: Superfly is a great movie, by the way. a really wonderful it. soundtrack. Never yeah, I, I've heard I, that. No exaggeration
2: probably listen to the soundtrack every day for most of my life it's not <laughs> it's not, wow. a, it's, not a,
0: it's not a joke now we say most of your life does that include where you are right now in your life or did it stop were you listening no to it's in the car still on the going okay y-
2: on the way over i listen to pusher man really yeah i can't tell if you're being sarcastic I'm not but being i hope sarcastic. not yeah. <laughs> it's like right. probably it's... top five favorite songs
0: for me so yeah no it's uh it's a thing, <laughs> and you know I haven't le- I haven't listened to that soundtrack in many years because I uh, lost it in a, in a move. Along they with many actually other keep CDs. it on the internet now. Hmm? They keep it on the web. I don't I don't trust the the internet. The whole thing's
2: on <laughs> yeah. on the internet. I just talked to Mike and I let
0: David take the rest. <laughs> there.
1: Uh, sure. Now, um, Ben, I'm looking at your finger there, and I'm seeing that you are also wed. I am wed. Uh, so given we were talking about before, thoughts on uh, bridal parties? How big was your bridal party?
2: I had a large one. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Eight eight bridesmaids
2: and eight groomsmen. Wow. That's a lot. What did they do? I have they a lot of friends. There, right? uh, they, well, you know, they just stood there, but also, you know, bachelor party, bachelorette party. There's fun stuff to do. We... We had a... Uh, nope, they just stood there. That was pretty much it. But it was fun, was thinking, you know? You hang out in the, in the hotel room the whole day of. It's, sure. It's you and your and your guys and gals just hanging out, you know, having your last... Nothing changes after marriage, so it's not... It's just a fun hangout. It's yeah. a fun
1: excuse. Everyone, to, everyone <laughs> yeah. told you things were going to change.
2: Like, I mean, I had a pretty... I think I had pretty reasonable expectations about how... I'd been living with my uh, wife for... Years by the time we got married, so right? It wasn't but didn't a huge people
1: because I had two. But didn't people say like, "Don't worry, like you think it's not going to change, but things are going to change." No, and then like it's now really. no, coming up on three years for me, and it's like, I mean, it's I was meaningful. also I'm glad we did it, but like day to day, it's the same. Yeah, no, and I was Tyler like, obviously has a very different experience because he yes. got married. At,
0: uh, I was twenty three, a, chi- a child bride. <laughs> so I was twenty
2: five. <laughs> okay, yeah. Wow. So was, was How old are you now,
0: if you don't mind my asking? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds like you're also at about the three year mark. Wow. Mm-hmm. You are doing way better. At much younger than I am. <laughs> and uh, uh,
2: well, let's see. You know what expensive. happens. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a threat. I mean, you know, listen, we're all going to be dead in like six months. Let's be real. I mean, oh, wow. our
1: okay. time is short. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, kind of feels about, that like, way, right? With the climate change, the clock, with the Houston, clock is ticking, and the fact that it's yeah. around 15 degrees in yeah. Los Angeles no, right yeah. now, and also, lest you know, need to remind listeners. The big one is still coming, you know, oh, in yeah. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in addition to climate change, we have regular old earthquakes. Yep. To still be fearful of, we're mm-hmm. way overdue for
0: a big one. Yeah, um, I really hope it's not Northridge again because I'm right next door.
1: I don't think you will be. No, I okay. think we're talking about um, like the the um, San Andreas. San Andreas, San Andreas. That was yeah, the one, that, the Rock movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. It's not going to be like the Rock movie. I, yeah. I read a whole thing. I think we talked about this in the podcast before. Um, but it'll be pretty close. Uh, yeah. it, there won't be any tidal waves because that doesn't make sense for where <laughs> yeah because uh, the well they were set in is inland, San Francisco so oh, in yeah um yeah. but yeah uh I, I read a whole thing about it uh I'm terrified <laughs> of it I have an earthquake preparedness kit so I guess I can rest easy yeah I've got like that red backpack
2: you yes, can buy from exactly, home Depot. Exactly Com. <laughs> yeah. yeah that'll definitely not
1: save either of our lives <laughs> I don't think also my wife and I are like very busy people we're not like we spend a lot of time not at home yeah like in the very likely uh, event that we are not home when the earthquake hits, that red backpack is just going to be sitting there doing nobody. Yeah, either.
2: I've been thinking recently, probably good to have them in our trunks too. Yeah. Extra backpacks. But my number one fear is what will happen to my dogs. That's like the probably the only thing I'm really concerned about. At this to- point, I'm like, take me earthquake. Let's do this. Yeah. Let me disappear into the dark abyss.
1: Uh, but yeah, I think about, yeah, my, my dog and my cat, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But also a fear of mine because this obviously it wasn't a big one, but I did once an earthquake hit while I was urinating. And now oh. I think about that all the time when I'm in the bathroom. Like this is a you very were. inconvenient
2: time. Great scene. that make, that make for a great scene. You're welcome. Sure. That's yeah. for you. You can use that. I mean, I'm may or may not be working on earthquake comedy. As right now, so
1: I'm going to make a note of my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, well, let me ask you the question I ask everybody. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in the great state of Florida,
2: America's penis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, It was completely fine. I grew up in South Florida, about an hour north of Miami. Very suburban. Just a. I mean, it was it was a nice place to grow up. One thing that was kind of interesting was that in my high school, at least, like sports, not really as big a deal as like our theater program, which Mm -hmm. was kind of weird. So I was a theater kid. um, Like probably ninety eight percent of this entire city and uh right. it was funny that like the the kids on the football team were like always trying to get into our shows and like get cast and mm-hmm. stuff and so i guess in that regard it wasn't like
0: i assume they just want to get out of the humidity
2: possible it's weird you know moving here humidity was just the status quo for most of my life yeah um and then only now moving here is like oh yeah it's not like how just the earth feels all the time and now every time I go home I'm like get the fuck out of here I can't do this I heard that I was
1: (laughs) was just home in St. Louis where actually it was it was uh, nicer than it was here Um, usually St. Louis is very muggy Um, Mm. and one thing I remember when I first moved here 12 years ago is that it's it's actually noticeably cooler in the shade here. Mm-hmm. Whereas when it's super humid, yeah. it makes almost no difference because the, heat, yeah. Yeah, it, it, the, the sun was not my problem yeah.
2: in Florida. And I went to school in Tallahassee. I went to Florida state. So it, it was literally up
1: until I moved to LA. That was just my life. Wow. wow. Now well, let me I ask you growing me. up in Southern Florida, mm-hmm. how many in your high school class were eaten by, Get alligators or crocodiles before you made it to oh, graduation? Man. Probably 65% 65. of my class. <laughs> that's about <laughs> what I... That's a lot. Nope, that's what I <laughs> you know, what, I I How many gators did you ever just... Do you just see gators?
2: Every once in a while. I mean, like, actually out in the wild, maybe, like, once every couple years. Not super often, unless yeah. you went somewhere where you knew there would be alligators. Right. Every once in a while. Everyone's house was, like, on a canal. That was, like, a pretty standard... Yeah. Thing, Your backyard just dips into a canal. And so every once in a while, someone would be like, oh, there's a little alligator in my backyard. It'd like pop out of the water for like four seconds and pop back in. But not a lot. I did eat a lot of gator.
0: Yeah. That's uh, good. What's the texture like? I've never eaten alligator.
2: Great. I mean, it's, it's, they say it tastes like chicken for just about everything, but it's completely true for, mm. for a gator.
0: True. It's just like tender chicken. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. I can eat chicken. I don't mind chicken. Okay. Well, you can probably eat gator.
2: The gator yeah. is better in New Orleans, in my experience. I think that's probably the only place where I've, like, really enjoyed it. It's,
1: uh...
2: It's like a novelty in
1: Florida. Well, it's because it's, uh... In New Orleans, it's 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 seasoned by the oil from the Every- Deepwater Horizon. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, brevity's this all the way, David. It shouldn't take you a minute and a half to get a joke out. All right. Um, uh, okay, so, uh now did you all when you went to Florida State I know has a, a, a film school mm-hmm. did you go to film school at I Florida did State? so you knew you wanted to be involved in in, in making in writing and directing yeah there's not anything else I ever wanted
2: to do I actually remember the only other two career options that I ever had they were both before the age of five one was to be Fozzie Bear which I think was more like to be a stand-up comedian uh-huh. but I was three years old and <laughs> the other was to be a Chemist, but I think I really meant a wizard because I just wanted to make potions. (laughs) And that was when I was like two. So I've always wanted to make movies. My mom uh, would take me to the library every week to pick out movies to watch. And when I was really, really young, like I'm going to say four or five, I took out King Kong and uh, Frankenstein Hmm. the same week and um, was very addicted to monster movies, uh, specifically the Universal monster movies, burned through like all of them, very quickly in my childhood, and uh, was like having libraries order them from other libraries so oh, that wow. I could like see every
0: single one. So you must have loved this new mummy movie. Yeah, how
1: excited are you? <laughs> <the> dark universe.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. I know, I dark I dark like, universe indeed. <laughs> I, I mean, I. So this is we have a we have someone who's obviously has a career and is an insider here because you. You were hesitant to make fun of the Dark Universe now, <laughs> <Yeah>. it
2: seems. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, I think everyone knows what, what the Dark Universe is. Uh-huh. I think everyone knows where the Dark Universe is at right now. I think we'll all... I'm, I'm genuinely curious, like, how far it goes. Like, how many... Mo- I think there's maybe one more. And then, if
0: that doesn't work out, why, why are we doing this? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, why... I'm... I, I I actually really liked the idea of the dark universe, like bringing back those universal monsters. But oh, it was I don't think anyone had a the, problem
2: with bringing back the right. monsters as a cinematic universe. It was a cinematic universe to begin with. Yeah,
0: it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's right there. You just yeah. do it different. That you don't. Yeah. We we already have enough action based cinematic yes, universes. Exactly. The like, mummy like forgot.
1: That it was supposed to be a horror movie, be spooky and atmospheric. Except for like the, yeah. co- the best parts of the only good parts of the movie is the few times when it did have some. It yes. did remember it was a horror movie, and there were some some a couple
0: of creepy yeah. things. Yeah,
2: I mean, I I love Stephen Sommers' Mummy movie. I yeah, think me too, it's yeah. great. I think that's a perfect reinvention of what those movies were, how they felt, because they did feel like adventure movies, but not yeah not you know not like hey we got a black ops guy as our hero that's not that's not in the spirit of those
1: Uh, stories if there is any upside to this new mummy movie sucking so much it's that it's caused other people to like realize what people smart people like you and me ben have obviously been saying for a long time sure which is that steven somers handsome guys like us yeah steven Summers' mummy movie is good yo i
2: miss steven Summers so much where is he well, he didn't make another good movie after that is the problem. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I is... love his G.I. Joe movie. Oh, I never saw that one. It's, it's so fun. It, have you seen it? I have not.
0: Uh, which one you guys got to give it make? a chance. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Okay. Listeners know that... Uh, you didn't see that? I did not. Oh, okay. uh, listeners know that uh, Van Helsing was the first film that I ever, on my own, not like looking at a review or something, on my own said, like, that is mind-numbing. Yeah, Uh, and I so badly wanted because I'm a sucker for those those monsters as well, and so like a movie that brings all of them together, like oh, what a neat idea, and Mm -hmm. this one guy's fighting them all, that's great. Yep. Um, And then that was the movie that we got, and I was so sad. Yeah. And I was, and I was, I mean, that was 2003 or four. I don't remember. I think it was 2004. Okay, so I was at that point. I was old enough that. I was used to disappointment, but I was so excited <laughs> about the idea of Van yeah. Helsing that I was like, I held on for a couple of days and thought like, no, nah, it's not so bad. There's some good stuff in there. And then I just dropped it and said, that really should have been better.
2: I was, yeah, I was, I was really disappointed. I mean, so mummy prime, Steven Summers, first mummy, <laughs> I was 10. And so it was my favorite movie. And then I liked mummy returns a lot again, child. And then Van Helsing got announced, and I was like, Well that's literally the best thing anyone could ever do with money is give it to Steven Summers to make this movie. And I was like obsessed. it was right when I started like reading movie news online. So I was like on Ain't It Cool every day at I guess what, fourteen, fifteen, just like refreshing the page waiting for more van helsing news and i was like every time they added a monster i was like oh hell yeah igor's in it and he's got weird makeup great perfect like everything i was going nuts i was so psyched and then yeah i remember where i was sitting in the theater because it was such an impactful <laughs> level of disappointment because i i think i'd seen the review in the sun sentinel my local paper at like two stars and i was like oh oh no <laughs> and then i and then i went uh with my buddy david rodriguez who i saw all genre movies with as a child and uh
0: yeah, it crushed me. I was so bummed out. <laughs> I was so bummed. There was, it was, uh, again, I was 22. I had seen bad movies by then, but there was just something about, there's an extended sequence where it's, you know, a a, a stage, not a stagecoach, a carriage, uh, like oh a big God. carriage chase. And it just goes on and on. And it is, it's action packed. And yet I remember at the time being like, why am I tired? Why is this making me tired? It's kind of how I feel about every blockbuster now. Kind of, yeah.
1: It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of
2: things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they leaned so hard into the Vampire Brides, which were like the least exciting and worst effect in the movie. Yeah. Right.
1: There's a lot so of I, st- I mean, there's
0: a lot of design you. stuff that I think is really fun still. Like, their Frankenstein is so weird. Yeah, an odd, an odd interpretation of him. And then that actor went on to play... The monster in the musical Young Frankenstein isn't that odd? Oh, was well, Sherman Schuller Helms, Hens- Hensley Schuller or something? Schuller, Hensley. You know, I actually was just reading. Before yeah, I, I don't came think over it's Sherman Hemsley. No, it's no, not.
2: No, I know, I know so. exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where my head was going. Uh, it is not. But yes, the that same actor I was just reading before I came over here. Uh, Mel Brooks has been spending. Years redoing the musical Mm -hmm. because he was so disappointed with how it came out uh, and how it it was was terrible. I don't know if you guys saw it or I didn't see it. I listened and I read the book and I was like, "Oh, this is not great." But yeah, it was like almost three hours long, extravagant. The ticket prices were insane. They released it and it just got torn to shreds. It wasn't that it was. It wasn't that it was like terrible. I guess it just nowhere near the level of quality of the producers and I guess that like bummed Mel Brooks out as an extremely talented and intelligent person he was like I can do better so he spent years redoing it it just reopened in the UK I'm not sure where and uh Apparently, it's been doing really, really well. Like People are loving mm-hmm. it. It's down to like two hours, but they, it's the same dude. It's the guy from Van Helsing <laughs> from the original Broadway cast.
0: Got to stick with what works Yeah,
2: works. Well, I'm hoping he comes back to Broadway and I can catch it because it's one of my favorite
0: movies, and I would love there to be, as a fan of musicals, I'd love there to be like a great young Frankenstein musical. And there is, a in Van Helsing, I remember the one thing that really stuck out to me that I appreciated was the... Uh, the werewolf transformation? They're yeah, like they ripped a, their a skin person off s- werewolf Yeah, yeah and there's a werewolf underneath. I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, that's a neat idea. I yeah. Like it was very like cartoony in a way that I
2: liked. Which yes. all the Steven Summers movies really are. Like even back to Deep Rising, they are all kinda
0: like Comic books turned into movies. Yes, I did not remember he made Deep Rising. His
1: last that movie, movie <laughs> owns. <laughs> yeah, his last movie was Odd Thomas, which I didn't see. Yeah,
0: I heard, o- I heard okay lady things Anton about it. Yeah. it. Yeah, it was.
2: I, I liked it. It was clear that he was really held back by the budget. Right. Steven mm-hmm. Summers should have the money to do
1: what he does best, which is just. To keep making Van Helsings
2: Yeah, just a hundred <laughs> Van Helsings <laughs> Look, yeah, I'll give the man his Van Helsing He can make a, a shitty monster movie
0: He's made so many good movies So, there's a thing that, that we've been doing on the show lately uh, Sorry, I've been doing on the show and bothering people mm-hmm. um, okay. Called This or That uh-huh, uh, I was, Where I basically, I pick two things that are similar And then I just force someone to choose Yeah, and then, I used to teach children's theater That's what I would do to quiet my students down Really? <laughs> yes I mean, it's definitely how I bring this podcast to a halt. But um, so let's I just do like this. To
1: flick the lights. Yeah, I just say, what do you guys like better,
0: pizza or music? Then they'd have to decide. Oh boy, that's rough. Oh yeah. Uh, so let's do this: Stephen Summers uh-huh. or Joe Johnston.
2: Oh, hmm. You know, <laughs> if I if I sat down today and rewatched both of their filmographies. My answer would most likely be Joe Johnston, but in terms of my lifetime enjoyment, <laughs> yeah, Steven Sommers.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. But I definitely that's that's an entirely fair comparison. I think they're that's very that's similar filmmakers. That's the key bethe- behind this or that. Is you yeah. got to pick things that are like, oh damn, those are really What was the last movie Joe Johnston made? Was it It wasn't it a Captain America movie? He made another movie after that. I think yeah, I think he did. But uh, I think it was not great, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, cuz Captain America was like 2011. Yeah, uh, 2010, I think so. and I think he's definitely made something since then. Uh, it was 2011 because I saw it at
2: Comic Con the year I moved to LA. Okay, all right. We can talk about Comic Con. That's fun. That's, yeah,
1: he made a movie called Not Safe for Work.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really, long. really low budget, Damn contained. Was it. it was. It reminded me of uh, that Ryan Phillippe movie uh, where he's just in an office the whole movie. Shattered
0: glass. Nope. You're thinking of... Tim that.
2: Robbins, Ryan Phillippe, Breach? No. Is it Breach? Antitrust? Antitrust. Oh, I never okay. saw
0: Antitrust. not But there's also it.
2: a movie named Breach, and then there's also Not Safe for Work. They're all yes. the same. But Tim
1: Robbins is not in Breach. Chris Cooper. That's yes. right. And, um, Breach is a really good movie. Laura Lynn? Yeah, I saw, saw Breach. Yeah, yeah. I, that is a very good movie. Billy Ray, who also did Shattered Glass. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, uh, I saw that during the three brief months that I worked at the Arclight. That's right. In Hollywood. I forget that it was only three months. Only three months. And it was watched this, a lot of movies. It was February, March, and April, like the three slowest months. Yeah. Uh, the and, doldrums. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I got there. Like there were still some of like the big Oscar stuff. Like I definitely got to see, like watch Pan's Labyrinth and like Children of Men a couple of yeah. times because that was still a, hang- a holdover. But mostly, what I watched, I saw Zodiac that came out while I worked there yeah. and Breach. And The Host. You and I saw The Host. Yeah. And then I also saw Starter for Ten. Everybody remember Starter for Ten? Yeah. James McAvoy. I saw The Last Mimsy. Um, Oh, The Last
2: Mimsy is one of the most insane movies. (laughs) See, I don't even remember it. There's a lot of children seizing violently while, like... Quirky music plays That's that's about as much As I remember I remember Last Mimsy Came out around the same time As the Astronaut Child And they were both like Hey do you want to see kids Do oh, weird shit Sorry Martian Child yeah. Astronaut Farmer Yes also came similar out yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But Martian Child And Last Mimsy I remember came out Around the same time And both featured Like whimsical moments Of children being Fucking weird Just so <laughs> weird And people just being like ah, <laughs> it's so charming
1: It's not It's not charming <laughs> Um couple of things. Uh, uh, I want to get back to Astronaut Farmer, but I want to say another we movie. You don't that have to. What a weird I did want to. I <laughs> um, But another, another <laughs> Much movie, to say about Astronaut Farmer. <laughs> uh, uh, another movie I saw that no one remembers is a movie called Pride, not the one from a few years ago. Sure. The is swim team this one. This is the Terrence Howard coaches Terrence Howard and uh, Bernie Mac like co-coach a, a swim team at an all-black
0: high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that came out. I don't remember. I don't remember if I liked it or not, but I know I went and saw it because Terrence Howard had been nominated for Best Actor a couple years before, and so he's like, "Okay, we're going to give you this." It wasn't a franchise or anything, but like right. you, you get to be an inspirational coach. Um, that's what it looks like.
1: But Ash and Farmer, a couple things. One, it's good. It's a good movie. Okay, <laughs> I think that's the should, Polish well, brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, to take your worst. For- <laughs> Uh, but also they had the premiere at the Arclight. And so I worked at the premiere and this is one of my favorite things. Uh, like um, Billy Althorne and Virginia Madsen. I don't know if you listeners at home don't know the Cinerama Dome, but um, you know, it has, you walk in, there's the concessions, there's a the two entrances at either side. And there's also stairs that go up to the top. Like there's not a balcony. There's just like, because the floor is raked, I guess mm-hmm. it is kind of a balcony, but Anyway, so there's also stairs.
2: Painting a vivid picture
1: uh, on either side, <laughs> uh, you know, behind the you know, if you're facing the concessions, the two main entrances are in front of you, the two stairs behind you. So Bill Bob Thornton and Virginia Madsen, they spend, they walk the red carpet, they stop, they are answering all the questions, they taking all the pictures, they finally they get in, you know, I hand them the free popcorn and diet coke or whatever we're handing out. Um, they go into the theater. The movie starts, someone makes a speech, lights go down, and the movie starts, and almost immediately, Billy Bob and Virginia Madsen come down those stairs, out the front door, and into a waiting car. (laughs) (laughs) They were gone before, like, the opening titles were over, (sighs) I'm sure. I get that. (laughs) Uh, I don't like watching my own stuff. I understand. (laughs) Um, Another movie I worked the premiere of was a movie called Premonition
0: with, uh, Sandra, Sandra Bullock? Bullock. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Had good, that had a good poster. Well, oh, he's like, her the, face is made out of tree branches or something. That's yeah, right. It's it, made out of something. Yeah. Well, here's <laughs> what I remember
1: about working with the ArcLight. light. I'm sure I've mentioned this in the podcast before. You have to, if you're an usher at the ArcLight. um, you know, part of their thing is that the Oscars make sure the picture quality and sound quality is good, whatever. What all that means is you have to stand off to the side through the trailers and wait for the movie to start. Make sure it looks and sounds okay in the first, you know, literally thirty seconds, whatever. But the end result of that is that you see the same trailers over and over and over again so there yeah there are trailers like the one for premonition that i if it started playing right now i could probably just quote yeah, uh, the <laughs> the trailer from beginning to end martian child was another one that i saw uh, yeah. lots and lots of trailers uh was well, the same trailer the other one uh that i never saw the movie was remember talk to me with don oh, yeah. cheadle i love that
2: movie yeah yeah i quote it all the time with my best friend walter yeah Does Walter Blue blazes. (laughs) Okay. Do you just say, talk to me? Is that what you're quoting? Walter, talk to me. Yep, yeah. And then he goes, blue blazes. That's about it. I don't really remember much else about the movie, other than really enjoying it.
0: What is the context in which someone says blue blazes? At this point, I don't remember. Yeah, I was going (laughs) to. Okay.
2: (laughs) I believe it's an exclamation. Okay. And I also think it's a nickname that Don Cheadle assigns to...
1: Who's this co-star in that movie? I, uh, if the trailer started, I could tell you,
0: but uh, I, I locked it away. I can picture because, of course, I worked at Martin a blockbuster Sheen? at the time, and uh, so I can picture the cover. I think it's then, Okay, Blue Blazes. Yeah, that, I wouldn't mind if somebody gave me David. If you gave me that nickname, which I'm now telling you to do, uh, you have a nickname. I think it's because he's. I think he's trolling him because he, at some point, goes what in the Blue
2: Blazes, and then mm-hmm. Don Jill just calls him Blue Blazes. Okay. It's not bad. It's been it's been ten
0: years. Okay. Well, it sounds uh, like I, I got to see this movie based yeah, on Martin that interest.
2: In it's Martin nope. Sheen.
1: It's definitely um, Martin Sheen. Tyler, you have a nickname.
0: Yeah. What is it? Touchdown. Oh, touchdown. That's right. <laughs> um, oh yeah.
1: Tyler's middle initial is D. I'm not going yeah, to say what your middle name is if you don't you. want me to. Which makes his first is it, two initials is it T terrible? D. Uh, it's no, it's actually terrible. A, it's a
0: perfectly fine. Uh, yeah. I don't know name. why. I don't know why. As a kid, kids made fun of me for it. Uh, how? I don't know. I, know I don't that. remember. Like, oh, g- my middle name is Dean. And so at the time like Jimmy Dean sausage was a big thing. It's like yeah, oh, but my yeah. first name isn't Jimmy. Yeah. sure. So can't we just drop that? Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think so. that, that just constitutes, that's like a Seltzer and Freeburg version of <laughs> Like, just
0: referencing a thing that constitutes oh, making fun of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that actually might be even more clever they than that. They still get their... to make movies. Okay. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. The last I heard of them was that Vampires Suck movie, which was their uh, Twilight. Hmm. So that I think was several did a, years I ago. I think they
2: did a Fast and a Furious one, too, after that. Oh, okay. Super fast. Wow. Okay. I'm not, I'm it's incredible. Like, they get. Can you imagine? Like they get to make movies all the time.
1: <laughs> well, there was a there was but it a time seems like when they can't be enjoying that, right? Like I don't know. Those movies don't seem fun to make. I don't know. It seems like they just have a checklist. The actors it certainly can be It's like a Roger Corman
0: level of like, look, I just show up and, yeah. I, and I make something in leaf. <laughs> yeah. And then at the time, it gets it's number one at the box office for exactly one week. Yeah. Uh, because there's nothing else because it's either late August or early January, and we're doing we're doing great. Uh, I remember I had, once when I was a PA. Speaking of Seltzer and Freeburg, I was a PA
1: uh, on a PA on a movie that that never ended up getting made. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a dance, like a teen dance, it was essentially like a modernization of dirty dancing, but with enough changed that they weren't saying sure. that, uh, and it ended up not getting made, but before it didn't get made, they were considering revamping it into being like a dance movie parody. And so I, as a <laughs> PA, they sent me to blockbuster. That's what you're, we're talking about. Um, to, uh, um, actually this all ties into the light store, which I'll tell in a second. Um, send me to blockbuster to rent for the producers like all of the Seltzer and Friedberg movies so they could watch them and see if that's what they wanted to do but that's the thing I worked at the Arclight for three months just while I was waiting for another PA or other kind of job to come up that one came up um uh, and so I quit my job at the arcade with no notice, meaning I, they co- I couldn't go back. Started this PA job four days later. They shut down the movie. Like I literally got back from like a run to Office Depot to set up the, the production <laughs> office, and they were like, "All right, you got the receipt." Turn around, bring all that shit back to Office Depot. Wow! Uh, see, like did the, you I... see
2: it coming at all? Uh,
1: I mean, we knew that that, well, like I said, with the retooling, we knew they were rethinking this movie. But uh, I don't think I had gotten my enough. Uh, I hadn't gotten steady enough in the mm-hmm. office. Uh, I did see Larry David though. I uh, you. Was he going to be in it? Uh, no, but it was in the <laughs> uh, the production offices. Where it was in where the Curb production offices are, which is where they shoot Curb a lot of the time. Like yeah. so you think, like where. Uh, who it was Tia Carrera, the receptionist, uh, that was dating, um, uh, oh, gosh. Richard, uh, um,
0: I don't remember. I think that sounds right.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so that building, which is where Larry's yes. office is in the show, that's really where his offices are. Right. And that's really where we should, so I wow. saw him. They were also editing super bad oh, down wow. the hall. Uh, and then that, yeah. one building <laughs> over, they were editing gone, baby, gone.
0: Wow. Fantastic. Yeah, a lot of good stuff going on over there. I yeah, PA'd,
1: but not uh, this movie, which I forget the
2: name of. I PA'd, I got a, my first big PA gig on a on a huge sci-fi movie for a major studio that got canceled after three months.
1: <laughs> wow, three months, though.
2: Yeah, I made it through three months. We were, like, about to really get going, and then
0: didn't happen. It would have so been cool, though. It's so crazy when you think, like, how much money do you think was spent during that three months? Hmm, I think the director had... Pay for play, so a lot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) pay or play. Sorry, it just it it just uh, it always fascinates me the amount of money that goes into, and I'm not I'm not decrying it. I mean, movies take a lot of money, but there is this feeling like okay, three months and we spent a lot of money, we're making something.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm always (laughs) curious about like how the decision gets made to uh, just not continue. Yeah, but I guess sometimes it's more responsible. Yeah. Maybe. I, I guess know. that's probably There's true. no way I'm responsible enough with money to be able to say so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um speaking of the AV clubs we were earlier, there was an interview with Peter Stormare mm-hmm. this week in which he talked about a movie that he was going to be in that Michael Bay and Will Smith wanted to make that was like a relatively low budget movie and basically what happened is their like <laughs> their representation essentially stopped the movie from happening because it was going to cost so little, little that, that their agents and managers would be getting a sliver of what they uh, would make if they went and made something else. That's crazy. crazy. How long ago was that supposed to have, uh, yeah. he said it was after it must've been after, um, what was the last movie that, uh, Pierce, did with Michael Bay, not counting pain and gain, which he was cut out of apparently, I've never. So it was probably after the Bad Boys movies, uh, or maybe between the Bad Boys movies, that happened.
2: Wow. Anyway, uh, I'm pretty bummed good, that Bad Boys Three isn't happening. I'm I was, nice. I was ready, especially with Joe Carnahan. I love Joe Carnahan. I was ready for it. Okay, I
1: like Joe Carnahan. Yeah, but uh, let him make something else. That's how yeah. I feel. Uh, I just,
2: I just miss enjoying Will Smith.
1: <laughs> You're not looking forward to Bright.
0: Yeah. yeah, I just miss. Uh, <laughs> I remember liking uh, more so than than most people, but I like that movie. Focus. I thought he was. I don't love it. It's it's a flawed movie, but he's very charming in it, and he's very effective. I thought.
2: I really wanted to see it, but I did not. I did wind up watching a lot of it over someone's shoulder on a plane. Okay.
1: Are you sure you're watching that one and not the William H Macy, Laura Dern? Focus from 2000, I which Will Smith
2: is also it. in, and
0: is very charming.
2: <laughs> I would never forget that focus <laughs> because I watched it when it came out, and I was quite young. <laughs> uh,
1: I liked it. I was. It. We were
0: college sophomores, probably. Yeah. We rented it when it came out on DVD. Well, basically- I I went and saw it by myself. I think that might oh. be the all, the first film I ever saw by myself. Wow. Uh, I went to that. Uh, mine was uh, Sea Biscuit. Was it okay? Uh, mine right. was. I think we just discussed
1: this, didn't we? I think we did. Mine yeah. was Nick of Time. Yes, we have Ooh. talked about that yes. uh, with Johnny Depp. Um, he and I went to see. No. That, Defeats the premise Because the whole thing Was I thought. it <laughs> um, But focus For those who don't know That this movie Focused from 2000 2001 mm. The premise is that William H. Macy Gets a new pair of glasses And everyone thinks He's Jewish
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay that's the premise of Everyone the, thinks
2: yeah. he looks Jewish And they become anti Well they are anti-Semitic And start acting yeah. Anti-Semitic toward him because And it's of this idea classes. Of like
0: he doesn't Because it takes place In like post-war America And it's like Well of course we all know What these terrible Nazis did And mm-hmm. stuff we, That could never happen here And he's very naive About uh, prejudice in the U.S., and then he gets this pair of glasses. That, admittedly, when I saw them, like those are some very Jewish glasses. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. I have no idea yeah, I don't why, know. <laughs> what that would even qualify as. But, um, but yeah, uh, it's it's probably you know I liked it at the time, but I think it's if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably pretty overwrought um, as one would expect. It's, it's got Lord in it and meatloaf. Meatloaf uh, is yeah. in.
1: Yeah, meatloaf a day. That's right. Um, so Ben. So uh, I want to ask you a couple questions. First sure. off, uh, what are some of your favorite movies? Oh, boy. Or what, here's, here's I have e- some. I have a handful. Okay, because yeah. I have other easier questions. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah. uh,
2: Richard Rush's The Stuntman is Damn right. one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, Lena Wartmuller's Seven Beauties, which I finally got to see on the big screen for the first time um, earlier this year. Uh, I love that movie very, very much. First time a woman was nominated for Best Director, and almost nobody I've met has ever seen it, which is insane. I've never seen it, yeah. Yeah, that is, like, historically important film. Yeah. A foreign director nominated for Best Director, no less, for a foreign film, and the first time a woman nominated, and
1: no one has seen it. It's an, an incredible movie. I think only four women have been nominated for Best Director, right? I Her, think so, yeah. Jane Campion, uh-huh. Catherine Bigelow, and... Sofia Coppola. Sofia Coppola, yeah. I think that's it. yeah. yeah.
2: So it really feels like more people should have seen <laughs> Seven Beauties. Yeah, um, but it's an unbelievable movie. I also listened to the uh, theme song to that film on the way over here. Um, Magnolia, Boogie Nights.
1: Big P.T. Anderson fan. Um, you looking forward to whatever the, whatever the new one's called? Does it have a name yet? Yeah. Have you been hearing rumors about that movie? No, I, I, I've been I, hearing I don't know some what
2: crazy
0: stuff. Well, I'm that's, ready. That's Phantom exciting. Thread is Fans the title. Thread, that's right.
2: And uh, someone was saying the other day that it is like Fifty Shades of Grey by way of Mike Lee. Okay, right. I heard I'm that interested. there's a lot of S and M stuff in it, and I really want it to be true because I think it'd be rad if DDL went out just hanging dong and was like, "All right, I'm done. Peace. <laughs> That's his last. And <laughs> goodbye. Yeah." Pretty cool. <laughs> so we'll see. Um beloved P. T. Anderson, Hal Ashby is another one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, the Landlord, his first movie yeah. I love. Um The Yakuza is another one of my favorite movies. Uh that's Sidney Pollack.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I saw The Landlord, this is years ago, um, at the Arrow Theater. It was a. Uh, mm. It was the landlord and Fabulous Baker Boys double feature yes. with uh, Bo Bridges Q and A. to go very badly uh, and, and I did that not was, make it. Yeah, yeah, that was really fun. Uh, he seems like a great guy. I've Bo been Bridges. missing a lot of my
2: favorite movies that have been playing in theaters lately. Just like have had something else going on. Have, yeah. they played Streets of Fire on seventy millimeter at the Arrow recently. Yeah, and didn't make it
1: crushed me uh yeah a friend of ours our friend scott went to that um <sighs> my wife and i decided to go do bar trivia instead oh huge mistake <laughs> <laughs> i have the blu-ray No, no, not i am i'm not a this is a thing with I, i'm not a purist when it comes to like celluloid right i'm
2: not a purist so much as it's i i just i mean i love seeing a movie that i've never gotten to see in a theater before that i really love like sure, yeah. in, in a place where i have to give it my full attention because right. that's the thing is like even if you're an astute devotee of cinema like when if you're sitting in your living room watching a movie like it's not going to have 100% like there's going to be a fraction of you that's not in the movie but in a theater you get, you have nothing else you have to you're at the movies uh beck and call so i do like showing up for that like mm-hmm. if it's a print or if it's digital or whatever i i like to see it that way. i just got to see Suspiria the 4K mm, oh that's oh, exciting nice. yeah
1: and drive to Santa Ana to see it October 1st. <laughs> um, speaking of 4K uh, restorations, there's a movie, I, I just, I, I got to watch the Vimeo screener, but it is, uh, the, sure it's the same. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the, four, the, the uh, 4K restoration is opening as of this recording tomorrow night, as the time you're hearing this, it's already playing in Los Angeles, of a 1960 French film called Le True, or The Hole, hmm. uh, a guy named Jacques Becker who made the Touche or Grisby, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, um, anyway, so I, it's, it's, uh, I watched this movie, and like, this is gonna be—it's gonna sound like hyperbole because it is—but I think it might be the greatest movie I've ever seen about a prison break. It might be oh. the greatest prison break movie ever made. I feel like someone was just talking to me about this movie. Maybe cause this because this restoration. Probably the out. restoration. Yeah but uh, it's playing at the, uh, area fine arts theater, aria fine arts theater in Beverly Hills, which is a reason enough to go see a movie. Never heard that theater uh, in my life. Is it real? <laughs> yeah, it, it was. So it was a, an old movie theater that then was like a playhouse and then was closed for a while. And then Lemley just bought it Ooh. and like restored it. And it's been open now a little over a year showing it's a single screen, uh, showing movies again. It's on, on Wilshire near, I guess, sort of near La Cienega. Um, you okay. like the Saban theater. Um, uh, anyway, it's worth going to see a movie just to to see it there. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but this is, uh, yeah, the true.
0: Very so good. there's a couple things uh, that you've said that I want to I wanna talk about. First off is the idea of seeing something on the big screen. It's something that, while I'm not a big celluloid person, not that I'm against it, but that's not uh, the hell I'm going to die on, but the idea it's not of... a selling point? Quality joke. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was saying is that um, the... Uh, the idea of seeing something on the big screen, not only is it like, okay, well, it will minimize distractions, because if I'm watching something at home, even I don't have a watch, so even if I if I want to check the time, it means looking at my phone, and it's like, well, as long as I'm here, I might as well check my email, and then, yeah, I've missed part of the movie. Um, but beyond that, there is something, like, when you think about it, especially older films, or I'd say any movie pre-90, 95, like... I'd say before home video became an inevitability and like started really playing into the conversation, seeing a movie on the big screen, it's almost a guarantee that you were seeing it the way the director had in mind when he made it, you know? Um, Now I'm, I'm not so foolish as to think that people still think that. In fact, I I interned at a, at a company that was putting out a a movie. uh, This was 10 years ago. And they said, yeah, we'll give it like a little, a cursory theatrical run but uh but i think it's going to do really well on home video (laughs) and it's like okay so they're they're planning on that like that was a big factor but i think you know anything i'd say again pre-9095 if you can see it on the big screen that is the way it was meant to be seen by the director and the studio so you know why would you pass that up if you have the chance I remember I saw, so for Fourth of July, my wife and I went and saw um, Jaws on the big screen. I've seen it many times on, on, yeah. on, on the big screen. But uh, there was this family across the aisle from us, and the kid, and they were all very excited to see it, except like the 15-year-old boy who, he, he, uh, thankfully, he shut up and just watched the movie and seemed mm. to enjoy it, but, um, but he just said, like, we can just watch this at home, why are we even here? Why can't we watch? And I believe he wanted to see, I forget the name of it, but like, uh, in that theater, they started showing a bunch of trailers and then a movie started. And it's like, when you see jaws enough, you know, like the, even the sound before the credits even start. I'm like, I'm not hearing that something's wrong. Oh, they, they started playing the Tupac movie. Okay. Um, and then, and this kid is just like, and so they stopped and like, sorry everybody, we'll switch it over. And then the kids like, oh, I wish we were watching that. Uh, this is the reason. <laughs> this is all eyes on me. Yeah. The reason.
1: Yeah. Well, wow. I would so, love to
2: just see the visuals of Jaws with, with <laughs> just the audio of All Eyes on Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Wizard of Oz and uh, Dark Side of the yeah, Moon. It yeah, works yeah.
0: really
1: well. They might fit together. I, I went to see. Um, what was the one? Uh, the one after Borat. The Bruno. 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 I went to see yeah. Bruno, and they started showing Up instead.
0: And I was like, <laughs> much better. To be I'm honest. glad yeah. that it didn't go the other, way, the other way. It would have been a disaster. I was seeing uh, the Blind Side. Uh, I for I forget why. I think because of my other podcast, because there are Christian themes. So I figured, like, okay, I guess I'll see this. Um, and it wasn't good. I wasn't enjoying it. And then like the last, and then about an hour 15 in, uh, it started playing upside down and backwards. Uh, and the dialogue was backwards as well. It's like, holy shit, what is happening? <laughs> it's terrifying. But, uh, and they um, said, they said, oh, we can give you tickets to a new one, uh, to another showing. It's like, it's just a refund is fine. I don't want to see this again. I was so excited for
2: the, uh, Joe Johnson Wolfman in 2010 And when it finally came out after the 67 delays, I went to midnight screening and it kept changing the like uh, scope throughout the film, like the size and like shape kept changing. And I stormed out of the theater pissed. And to go find someone to complain to Or to fix it And like every employee had left The theater <laughs> It's like they literally like hit play and left and I guess because it was in a mall They were like well we don't sure. lock it up The movie plays and everyone leaves There are security guards in the mall We don't need employees here uh, So I just like sent the nastiest email I've sent, wow. <laughs> sent in my entire life But like oh man that was the worst Because I was so 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 amped to see that movie Did and you like that Wolfman? I really did. Uh, there are scenes
0: that I like a lot, yeah. but I don't think it comes together. I think, honestly, to go back to like the the dark universe if they had stuck with that like you know like fog on the moors like if it it was that if they were just camera movies yeah (laughs) i I guess that's what i'm saying (laughs) yeah Uh, because there's a lot that i visually a lot that i like yeah i Um, do think
2: they should be you know they should be grisly and macabre and suspenseful and you can still have action in that context you can still have them feel like big movies like it doesn't have to be you know Tom Cruise firing an
0: assault rifle while sliding down a building. <laughs> it just seems so... It seems so obvious. And it's not... That, obviously, that, that's a thing that we can say a lot is yeah. whenever Hollywood makes a bad decision, it's like, no, you could... It's so easy to make this better, but the Dark well, we, Universe, is it just <laughs> handed to you. It's, yeah, I know. It's yeah. just... It was just I
1: knew, I knew something
2: ladder. was wrong when they released like a legacy trailer before this mummy came out that was yeah. like remember all the great universal monster movies and when it cut to like remember the invisible man the shot they showed was like the one shot of a car flipping over yeah. in the movie <laughs> like oh yeah who could forget that iconic moment in the invisible man when a car flips over
0: dang I love that action extravaganza the invisible man um the other thing so you mentioned earlier uh, you mentioned The Stuntman which is a film I love it's incredible Um, and what's I have the score on vinyl what was that? I
2: have the score on vinyl it was like the best find I've ever had in a record store in my life
0: I wish I could say I remember the score. I don't really. Oh, that's great. Um, I'll just do the whole thing if we've got two hours. <laughs> uh, give me ten dun, seconds. Uh huh. Okay, got you it. that. Great. There we go. Okay, it's all it's all I'm coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about the stuntman allows me to talk about something I never get a chance to, Freebie which movies. is crazy ass Steve back. Oh yeah, like. There there was a time, now, he wasn't in a great deal of movies, but there was a time when he was considered somehow leading man material. Yeah, Life Force. <laughs> life Force, and then, of course, he, Helter Skeletor. Helter Skelter. Yeah. yeah, that may, that one makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just like, I remember... Actually, I, he's also in the Yakuza. He has a a is role. Him? Yeah, he has a sword fight. If you ever want to see Steve Riles back in a sword fight. He is such an odd... On screen presence, I, yeah. it took me. So I tried to watch The Stuntman in like high school, mm-hmm. but I found Steve back so off putting. Yeah, that I was like, I can't even finish this. People and then when really I saw, struggle with him. When I saw it later, I think it's like I think casting him is genius. I just don't know if he knows that. Uh, I think he does. He reminds me of our modern iteration
2: of Joaquin Phoenix in that there's like hmm. this kind of scary manic energy. Sure, where. It's like the character himself is also acting in a movie,
0: but also maybe just wandered onto the set and is dangerous and someone should call the police. Here's what's fun about what you just said. So on my other podcast, More Than One Lesson, uh, I talk about a newer movie and then I will compare it to an older movie. Mm -hmm. When I did my episode about The Master, The Stuntman was the companion film. That's a great uh, pick. I feel like it, uh, and because that, because Joaquin Phoenix's character. Hmm. Hmm. Probably a car accident of some sort. Sounded like a firework. Oh, yeah. That is uh, entirely possible in yeah. this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Let's hope it was that. Um, but uh, yeah, his character in The Master reminded me so much of Steve Railsback's character in The Stuntman because I was just like, oh, yeah. I'm not enjoying spending time with these people. But you can't stop looking. But you can't, yeah. Stop Magnetic, looking. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Jeremy Davies has a little bit of a Steve Railsback energy to him too, which is appropriate. I love because it. I, he I, played I, Charles Manson in the Helter Skelter remake yeah. in like the late nineties. There's, there's a type.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I love it. I, I love that stuff. Where just. It, it The storytelling bleeds into this weird alchemy where it's just entirely emotionally driven and the performance is just emotionally driven and it just yeah. detaches so much from reality but still feels consistent like that was he was so good at that
0: Steve was back, yeah and he's he's still around I feel like I saw him in something I mean obviously he's a much older man at this point but I think I saw him in something it might have been like an episode of Law and Order or something like that from years ago but
2: uh I would I would love to see a recent Steve Railsback performance yeah what must that be
0: like um so uh so here's so David asked like what are some of your favorite movies? Yeah. And maybe it's the, maybe so I'll ask this and it might be the same answers. What are movies that you would consider to be influences on the kind mm. of things that you write and the kind of things that you direct or is it maybe just the same thing?
2: There's a lot of similarity. I mean a lot of those movies that are my favorite movies are films that I saw later in my life. My uh first year of film school, I had this professor Andrew Sider who became a really good friend of mine and he was into the weird stuff. He was into like the movies that broke convention. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we had a class on killer of sheep and we also had a class on Xanadu. Hmm. He really like, (laughs) he, he really saw everything good about a movie and, and, it was an inspiring presence. He, he was a great guy. And so I would go over his house and he'd show me stuff like Landlord, or uh, recommend stuff like Stuntman. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those movies are movies that I saw much later. Um, Seven Duties as well, I saw in an Italian cinema class my freshman mm-hmm. year of college. So I while all those those things influenced me, um, certainly, I I don't know. I think I think about it a lot because I never know who to compare. You get asked a lot when you're writing professionally and certainly like when you're um, starting to find representation like, oh, well, whose career do you want? Like, who would you compare yourself to? And you kind of just want to be like, well, you read. I don't know. You tell me. I'm not sure. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think there are a lot of things that I, that, that I saw that are Maybe not movies that were big influences on me. I do think the Muppets were a huge influence on me, and comedically speaking, as well as like old LucasArts adventure games that I played a lot uh, when I was younger,
0: comedically were huge influences. So let's, well, now you've pushed a button
1: here. I was going to say here. It was very exciting. Yeah. You're so, okay. In the
0: Dojo here. Now, everybody talks about those Monkey Island games, which are sure. great. Grim Fandango is my favorite. Okay, see, and yeah. that's, and. I'm at just the right age that I kind of stopped playing games right before Grim Fandango came Ooh. along. So like I was like Day of the Tentacles, Sam and Max, Full Throttle, yeah. and the Monkey Island games. But uh, I'd heard such great things about Grim Fandango, and they just did like a... a yep, a, remaster. A remaster. So if I had any time at all, which I don't... I was it like, like was like yeah, years ago? Yeah. You <laughs> said <So> they just... <laughs> I'm 35. In the grand scheme of things, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. just... just <laughs> on a long enough timeline it like it's happening right now um but yeah and so uh so yeah but grim fandango was your was your preference did you play any sierra games or I were didn't, you lucas i didn't arts? play a lot it was
2: primarily lucas arts and it was okay. because
0: of the sense of humor
2: that's what yeah. really it was really like the writing that drew me in and the and the art it's funny i, I always liked animation that had no aspirations of writing animation mm-hmm. but a lot of the writing i've done has been animation now. Like I wrote a couple episodes of a Cartoon Network show called Clarence a couple years ago. I just wrote on the show for TBS Final Space. And I think that was always probably going to happen because also a lot of the stuff that I had written that have either sold or developed out here has... I almost always get the question, uh, is this live action or is this animation? Hmm. (laughs) And usually the answer is live action, but I think that I was just very influenced by things that were bigger I like I like writing wise I I like to Tell stories that are bigger that go out to the extremes but are rooted in something that's like really personal or really relatable I'll, I'll usually just kind of like try to think about something I'm insecure about and and try to make sure that there's like an anchor that's keeping everything on some plane of reality and consistency where you're able to like access it as big as I want the story to get hmm. um, and then in terms of directing uh, I mean I'm sure the biggest influence on me is is PTA Um Because I saw his movies when I was very young When I first started directing And was just like well this is The camera keeps moving uh, Every single bit of staging Is so kinetic And is telling the story And uh, I think Boogie Nights also was probably a huge influence On me writing wise Just in terms of the tone and the comedy of it Hmm. Um, Yeah but I feel like it's always hard to name your influences Because you don't really know I think it starts too early for you to really start tracking it, and then unless you're an extremely consistent person who keeps coming back to the same stuff, which I ol- have only kind of half been my life, I'll have phases, and then there are things that I like from the moment I'm introduced to them. Um, but I, I feel like it's always hard to kind of pin down like what your influences are. It's I get funny. compared to Lord and Miller a lot, and I
1: they, I did watch a lot of Clone High when I was younger. Um, when you said P.T. Anderson for a half a second my brain went like oh that's a weird influence for a guy who makes comedy but then I went like no, no it's, it's not, not. <laughs> his movies are fucking hilarious yeah like um, his last movie was a comedy Inherent Heron is extremely yes. funny He's yeah. a comedy yeah uh, and uh, Magnolia I rewatched that that long ago and when Tom Cruise is like I'm gonna drop kick that fucking dog I <laughs> think oh, <yeah. laughs> he says it twice yeah uh, it's very, I, very funny I, I'm serious I'm, I'm going to yeah <laughs>
2: yeah uh, 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 love um, my death Robert Altman, obviously, huge influence on PTA, and also on myself, mm-hmm. and also his movies very funny. Shortcuts
0: I watched a lot when I was younger. Ugh. I love Shortcuts, and, and Nashville is my favorite movie. But Nashville uh, one um, of my favorite movies. But Shortcuts, like I laugh, and I'm like, oh, I feel I feel bad for laughing. Yeah. Like well, these, these people I love, are so miserable. I
2: love dark comedy. That's my favorite yeah. genre, subgenre. Um, so it's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> And I just saw he, Ingrid Goes West actually, and, and adored it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it. Uh, um, I think it really shoots itself in the foot with that last gag in the. I don't want to say, yeah, but the very I, end gag. I, know what you're I feel like talking that's, about. that kind of undercut some of the things and left it left a bad taste in my mouth. It, it's a great performance. It seemed a li- it was a,
2: it was a little easier than some of the other jokes and ref and observations that, that were in the movie, but it almost it also kind of felt like the natural and like it had to go. I don't know. I don't know what how else it could have ended. That would have been a satisfying. Well, I have
1: ideas, but uh, I don't sure. want to give away the ending uh, of <laughs> Ingrid Goes West, which a lot of people still haven't seen, probably. Yeah. She um, goes west.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that is what happens. It ends uh, with her going further west. She just walks into the ocean. <laughs> straight into the sea. <laughs> uh,
1: I like dark comedy, too, but I think um, with certain things, like Shortcuts always leaves a bad taste in my mouth because I feel like it's kind of—I I don't feel like he— he likes the characters, but I No wouldn't. it's a nasty movie. Yeah, but then I also said like sometimes people say that about stuff that I like, like Christopher Guest. And I feel like when someone says that Christopher Guest doesn't like his characters, what I hear them saying is I don't like Christopher Guest's characters. Yeah. And so 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 I, I, like when I say that about Robert Altman, it makes me think, like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just don't like the people in shortcuts.
2: I think yeah. it's yeah, well I, I think they're not it'd be, super likable. They're not, but I think I mean, Robert Ullman and Shortcuts, Christopher Guest in his movies, I mean, I feel like it's like saying John Waters doesn't like his characters. Like, no, obviously these people love and see humanity in yeah, yeah, people, exactly, but yeah. are also not afraid to lean into the less positive aspects of, yeah. of human beings, which I very drawn to that quality in filmmaking and just in storytelling in general. Most of my favorite, I was (laughs) someone, I was talking to someone about my favorite books the other day and realized like most of them have just insanely unlikable protagonists, just
1: (laughs) agonizingly terrible people. (laughs) Uh, But when I think about like the dark comedies that I like, like one of my favorite movies of all time is Heathers. Yeah. Uh, And even all the Heathers in that, like there's some, they're almost the movie almost, like pities them more than hates them you mm-hmm. know like there's sympathy for like these girls have gotten themselves themselves into like a stratus of the you know school's class system where they kind of have to behave like this and so there's there is there's almost a tragic yeah. uh, element to those villains um uh, I and, I, and I guess i feel like when when a movie doesn't give me it doesn't show me that it has some sympathy sure uh, it turns me off a little bit
2: those movies could be—they're out there, but Heather's just fucking Coen great. Brothers,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> Coen Brothers like their their characters, but they can be punishing to them, which makes something yes. like a serious man like it's a hard
0: watch. Oh, but oh I, boy,
1: I don't think he—I don't think they—I think they like the character or yeah. they feel for him but right. it is hard for me to sit through let me ask I this them.
0: especially in regards to somebody like christopher guest because i think for a long time i was of the opinion that he doesn't like his characters and now i think it's a bit more nuanced than that i think he has a great deal of affection for characters that he thinks he is better than and okay. i know that that's i it's not exactly the same i think he actually again he i think he likes them i think he has affection for them but i think but you're, is, you're saying it's a bit condescending yes okay. i think he stands not merely outside but also above I, I wouldn't disagree with that, but I also don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I still laugh. I still <laughs> think it's hilarious. You yeah. know. Um, did you? Uh, oh shoot! For your consideration, that that uh, Christopher Guest film. What, it's
2: almost like I never saw it. I have no recollection of almost anything that happens in it, except for uh, Fred Willard and everything he does in it. And I don't remember what what character does he play in that. Uh, his catchphrase is
0: "Hey, what happened." that's no I thought that was, was that a mi- that's a mighty
2: wind oh great see so, I you know I have absolutely
0: no mem- memories of uh, for your consideration whatsoever. which is unfortunate because <laughs> it is a great Catherine he- uh, Catherine O'Hara performance uh, well but I guess the, so they many, all are it's yeah fun.
1: does does it I, I never I never saw for your consideration mm-hmm. but I remember as long as we we're telling PA stories which I've seen seem to be doing a lot on the podcast recently but when I was a PA on a movie uh, at the 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 Culver Studios in Culver City they were shooting for your consideration I remember it, Ed Begley Jr. Walking around in like a Daishiki or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've
2: worked with Ed Begley Jr. He is. He's.
1: He's great. He's awesome. One, one thing. Was that for the role or did he show I don't, up to work? Well, well yeah. Ed one
2: dashiki? thing is it probably wasn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, a, he's a he's a hippie dippy dude. He's great.
1: He's he, uh, he seems like a solid guy. He seems, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, you don't have any thoughts on Ed Begley Jr.? I do. Uh, one of them is. Oh, Yeah. I'm supposed to email him two years ago. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: he and I had a he's, he's sitting by the laptop. He's very sweet, you probably still could. Probably, yeah. He yeah, had he and I had a nice little back and forth and then uh scheduling things didn't work out and yeah. then two years go by. I guess it's yeah. a common thing for yeah. us. Yeah. Sure.
2: He uh he hosted a Harry Dean Stanton tribute I went to recently really? and it was one of the best nights of entertainment I've ever experienced. I could where, see where, that. where was this? It was at the Ace Okay. Uh, it was the first annual Harry Dean Stanton Awards, and he was the recipient. And uh, <laughs> it was a just an insanely eclectic group of artists getting up and performing for him, and he was sitting in the front row of the theater. And Harry, it was Harry awesome. Dean
1: was. Yeah, not Ed Begley Jr. Or Correct. Ed Begley Jr. Jr. was on stage hosting,
2: right? Uh, but I mean, it was Chris Christopherson came out and did a song. Um, uh, Angelica Houston came out and spoke. John Houston did. Uh, Oh, sorry, Danny Houston <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> came out and did a monologue from uh, Hamlet. Um, oh, that's awesome! It was it was wow. wild. And then at the end, they all performed together, like with a mariachi band. It was uh, Johnny Depp showed up, which was weird. Uh, it was it was fantastic. <laughs> that is awesome. It was, and then yeah, Harry Dean did a song. David Lynch came out. And said, uh, and this is my wife and I have been yelling this around our house ever since uh, Blue blazes No, he, <laughs> if only oh. uh, No, he came out and said, I think Harry Dean should be president of the United States of America <laughs> And everyone in the theater stood up and applauded because, like,
0: Yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be great, that'd be um, a huge improvement Finally, somebody yeah. we
1: can all get together on yeah. Did you see that documentary about Harry Dean Stanton, Probably Fiction? I haven't yet, but uh, I need to so I saw it at the LA film fest where I guess premiered and then he did a Q and a afterward, but he was really just like, he answered a couple questions, but then he was really just there to perform and he played a couple songs. Yeah. Just amazing. He he is like in a movie theater. Deep in his nineties. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, Oh yeah. The movie's great. It's unbelievable. He still goes to Dan Tanner's and just like hangs out at the bar and drinks like (laughs) his friends with the bartenders. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the, the part, they interview people in the movie, like with Harry Dean. Stanton, like and yeah. so the part where they're interviewing David Lynch, it's 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 a it's a couch that seats three people and one end is Harry Dean Stanton, on the other end is David Lynch, and the middle is a full ashtray. <laughs> because they're both just <laughs> chain smoking oh, yeah. the entire time. <laughs> uh yeah Harry Dean Stanton is who I wanna be when I grow up. I wanna be ninety yeah. and still just yeah, uh, I guess drinking and smoking—that's what I want. Yeah, to yes, like yeah. say it's not merely is. that
0: he's in his nineties; <laughs> it's a hard nineties. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you see every single year on his face, but yeah. he's still around. He's the best. Paris, Texas—another one of my favorite movies. That is, uh, I think, just I don't know. I when I when I'm looking to kill time, but I still want to somehow trick myself into thinking that I'm being productive. I will just make a list of something, uh-huh. uh, and so I put together a list of like my favorites lead performances and supporting performances and I think uh I believe I put Dean Stan in Paris Texas as number 1 because I, uh, I think it's uh, <clears throat> astonishing. Yeah. Which is um, odd because my favorite actor is Robert Duvall, but uh, um, but I think the individual performance of Paris Texas is higher. than My number most. one would be uh, every John C. Riley performance.
2: Okay, I could watch him for a hundred hours back to back and never, never, ever get sick of watching him.
0: I saw uh, a publicity still or uh, of. Um I don't know the name of it, but it's the Laurel and Hardy thing with Steve Coogan and uh John C. Riley. What? Riley as Oliver Hardy. What? And uh looks pretty good. What are you talking about? There's <laughs> Oh, that's a dream I had. No, no. It's uh I think it's coming out next year. I don't know if it's like theatrical or if it's HBO or something like that.
2: Holy yeah. shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
2: and I'm it's so and happy it's, right now. It's that's the, two of my favorite people in the world and also Laurel and Hardy Shorts I grew up on uh, no. uh, Wow
1: It's called Yeah It's called uh, Stan and Ollie Alright Who directed it? It is Winter directed Battle? by uh, John S. Baird
0: I don't think I know who that is Who made
1: Filth The James McElroy Oh wow movie. Okay It's an odd <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm so in the bag for this. He, right now, John C. Riley's making an adaptation of one of my favorite books I've read in the last like decade The Sisters Brothers. Hmm. Oh, I've heard of that. Western dark comedy. Joaquin Phoenix is in it. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is playing his brother. It's all perfect <laughs> casting down the line. I, it's going to be amazing. It's, uh, Jacques Audiard is directing, uh, who's fantastic. It's going to be great. I can't wait. It's like probably my
0: most. Anticipated movie of next year. Did you All see right. Kong Skull Island? I did. Did you enjoy it? I did. I did as well.
2: Yeah. I you know uh, King Kong obviously I said before was like one of my first favorite movies. Yeah. Very precious to me. I had a lot of fun. There yeah. there were things that worked and things that didn't. I was really impressed. I mean I, I like Jordan Vote Roberts a lot and I think what he brought to it the ballsier things that he tried. Uh, that got me more excited in a theater than a lot of
0: other samey kind of things that I've seen in the last like year. Um, but I enjoyed it. I had fun. Yeah. And John C. Riley and his character managed to somehow be the heart of the film and the comic relief. I don't know how that's even possible. Well, John C. Riley. Well, I guess there's that. yes. Yeah. Well, you could say young. that about him in life. Yeah. He is all of our comic relief there was, and the heart of our lives. There was a moment where he
2: he was almost going to be a part of my proposal to my wife. Uh, Stepbrothers, one of my favorite movies. Uh-huh. I think it is a masterpiece. I think it's the best comedy uh, maybe made in my lifetime. I think it's fantastic. But uh, my wife and I, it's like our movie. And so there was a time in which I had a friend contacting a friend of his who is in john c riley's band john c riley also performed with his band at the harry dean Stan tribute he will show up if it's a chance to play music he's very passionate about his huh. his music yeah so there's a there's a, a window of opportunity to have him play uh with his band and have me do uh porti volare from the end of Step Brothers at a surprise party for my wife at which i would have then got down on one knee and proposed started to feel like it was a little bit too much about me. <laughs> not about <that, laughs> her. Yeah. So We went with a, a road trip instead. But uh, um, see, I
1: thought this was going to be like a Tyler Ed big, junior thing where you just never got back to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's
2: like,
0: <laughs> I still
1: he just,
2: too, it, you you keep cool. getting texts like, Hey, is this proposal going to happen? Cool for John T. Riley. Actually, another thing that didn't wind up happening, but would have been really cool. It's only a scheduling issue. I, so I was employed by legendary when Kong came out, they mm-hmm. own Nerdist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was head writer, director, Nerdist for, three and a half years um and uh so th- we were looking ways to promote kong and to make some cool video content for it and my pitch was to do a uh like christmas special the skull island uh christmas special that is like self-produced by john c Riley on the island that would mm-hmm. take place before the movie so it would just be john c Riley's character and like the natives of the island Putting on like a Christmas variety special, like an old school, mm-hmm. like the Bill Murray Christmas special that released yeah. on Netflix. Uh, everyone was amped about it, but I think John is already on another movie, ah. <laughs> so there is no way to get him to do it. Um, I think it got to him and he was down too, but
1: such Pretty is famous. life. Yeah, you know? that's Hollywood, huh? Anyway, we should probably wrap up. Sure. Uh, I feel like Has it been six hours? <laughs> yeah. Uh, on my perfectly insincere note, yes. I think it's time to uh, to say thank you. Um, if only
0: you'd been chewing gum. I feel like that would have helped. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: um, well, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. This That's where you can email us. Uh, you know, you can read all of our reviews. Uh, David at battleshipretention.com. Let me slow down. David at battleshipretention.com. Tyler at battleshipretention.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at... Davey Pretension Tyler's on Twitter at Tyler Pretension uh anything you want to plug right now Tyler and we'll get to our guest plugs
0: yeah so over at uh, more than one lesson uh, the last couple weeks have been kind of interesting uh last week we talked about Game of Thrones uh there's because the new season just uh just ended I believe right i guess okay yeah i I know Um, my wife watches it i don't watch it but yeah Uh, but there's been a lot of talk in christian circles about whether or not it's appropriate to watch and so uh front of the show jason eakin and i talk about that and then this week um josh long and then uh former guest of battleship retention kale mccann that come on to talk about comedy and addressing certain ideas like there are things you cannot joke about and that sort of thing Mm. so uh i guess i'm just feeling a bit standoffish lately uh in the christian community but uh but yeah i'm very proud of that game of thrones episode and i like the comedy episode as well I do wind up making fun of Kale a lot for his... Sure. Uh, he, he reveals during the episode that he uh, owns several didgeridoos. And what? what choice did I have? Well, it's kind of like Ben with the uh, earthquake preparedness kits. Right? <laughs> exactly. He's got one at home yeah. in the closet, one in the trunk of the car. Sure. So you <laughs> never one know what an is going to
2: hit, and you're going to need
1: your didgeridoo.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah.
0: You're like, we're without music. <laughs> oh, hang on. No, we're not. The survivors will appreciate this, undoubtedly. So, Ben, where can people find you on the internet?
2: Uh, you can find me at at Ben Meckler. That's M E K L E R. Don't slip that C in there. Uh, <laughs> on pretty much all social media, uh, find me on Twitter. I'm on there a lot, and my stuff's at benmeckler.com. I update that pretty often, and uh, yeah, might as well follow my writing partner too at Chris Amick A M I C K. Okay,
1: yeah, uh, that one does have a C in it. It does. Um, keep your eyes peeled for Final Space. Yeah, and for early next year, and things you can't talk about hopefully yet.
2: Hopefully, other
1: stuff. Something's gonna come I'll out be able in like to talk a year and a half soon, and you're gonna, you home, gonna think what? that's probably the that thing. was it. Yeah. I wonder if Ben's involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: won't do the research, but it's like the, I, the vibe I'm getting. you like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a classic Meckler.
1: <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming. Finally, after all this time, we, we made glad, it happen. I'm glad this monkey's it for off you. my back. Yeah, and now you have to head back <laughs> out into the uh, 110. It's cooled off. It's probably down to 90 now. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so thank you. Uh, and thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.